This is episode number 113 of the Middle Country Public Library podcast. Hello and welcome. I'm Sal DiVincenzo, joined as usual by my fabulous colleague, Sarah Fade. Hello. Hello, Sarah. And we have a special show today, don't we? Yes, we do. We have some special guests. Do you want to introduce them? Sure. I have the uh, gentleman from Island Wide Weather um, with us, uh, Don and Glenn. We are very excited to have you guys on our podcast. I know I'm a personal fan of yours from face. I found you on Facebook and I know a lot of my colleagues are also fans of yours. And, um, you know, we're just, Sal is a huge, um, I don't know. Weather weather geek. You could say it. You could say it. Weather geek, weather nerd. Yeah, yeah, Sal is uh, very much um, responsible for getting us, um, the weather equipment for the library that we have. I, I don't know if you want to explain it. Yeah, we have uh, we have a weather station on the roof, Davis Instruments. Uh, I think it's a Vantage Pro. It's been up there for many years now. We enjoy it very much. Gives mm-hmm. us uh, hyper local weather. Um, so uh, you know, for the listeners that might not know of you guys, I was hoping that you could maybe each introduce yourselves and maybe give a brief history of how you guys met and got into this uh, meteorology thing? Glenn, do you want to start off? Yeah, sure. Uh, Well, first of all, thanks for having us. We're uh, excited to be on with you guys for a little while here. Um, So I had started the page, uh, actually it was just called Weatherman Glenn, uh, about six or seven years ago. Um, Just I was posting on my personal page and a couple of friends of mine recommended, hey, why don't you start your own weather page? I said, sure, why not? Um, so had a couple hundred followers and kind of quickly got up to about a thousand and, uh, Don and I had met on, um, actually through another weather forum, uh, we kind of got along and, uh, I was like, Hey, you know, I could use the help. The page is growing a little bit. Why don't you jump on with me? So Don agreed to that. And, uh, we changed the name to online weather because we figured the only way that we're going to get more followers is to make it more of a Long Island brand name. And uh, here we are now, about five years later, with uh, almost 40,000 followers. Mm. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, it's been, um, you know, it's been a pretty awesome journey with Don. We got, uh, you know, into the whole, you know, Buffalo Wild Wings thing that we do with the live video. And, uh, you know, we kind of just have similar personalities and we kind of bounce off each other well. So, it, uh, you know, it's been a fun journey. Well, let's, for full disclosure here, the Buffalo Wild Wings thing happened because we were hungry. <laughs> okay, we were just hungry one night and we wanted to talk about it, so we just decided to bring our laptops, and it was kind of a born that way, you know. That's true, we turned it into weather. <laughs> so, how did you guys get into meteorology though? Were you did you go um have any schooling, or is it just uh something you guys got into? My start was more organic. Um, I was about 11 years old and a Bolt of lightning hit the house right next to where I was standing. I, I grew up in Virginia Beach, Virginia. So the further south you go and the further west you go, really, the the, the, store, the thunderstorms during the summertime become, you know, uh, a little bit more violent. Um, <laughs> so there I am playing outside and this bolt of lightning hit the house right next door to me. And the shockwave, the thunder knocked me to the ground. Mm-hmm. 
And wow. my father was in the garage and he's like, get inside, get inside. And that power just kind of like fascinated me and has, has fascinated me ever since is, is the, the power that mother nature has. And I've been just a weather geek ever since. So from, it came from above. <laughs> yes. Divine intervention. So, you know, I was thinking that we had a little bit of a weird winter. Were you guys shocked about the lack of snow that we had or? Uh, shocked? The shock wouldn't be the word I would use. Disappointed. Um, yeah. Um, but shocked is, 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 is not a word I would use for, to describe it. It's because it's more of a, we were due for a winter below average. Um, and we had one last year. And that was like, okay, we had our below average winter and we should be back to maybe even, because remember our average is only about 30, 31 inches of snow a year. And in the past 20 years, we've been rather spoiled. In fact, you know, if you look at our average monthly, uh, average you know, yearly snowfall, it's gone up a couple inches over because of the, the uh, above average winters we've been having. So this winter was different. All the fingers are pointed in the right direction to have a more robust winter and pieces of the atmosphere just did not want to work well together. And Glenn can expunge upon that further, but it was just a very frustrating winter to say the least. Mm -hmm. Something that we use uh, in our forecasting, especially long-term is something called analytics, where basically we look at, you know, historical data um, and we try to compare what this winter might, you know, wind up being like, and we had felt that uh, it was going to be more of an above average snowfall. Um, the pattern was active. We had storms. It just was not cold enough. You know, the cold air never uh, quite made it down here to stay. Um, you know, and this a three hour explanation as to why, but basically, uh, you know, like as Don said, I mean, it's definitely disappointing for us because that's, we, um, you know, we, our, our page is built off of that, you know, membership and, and storms. And, um, but, you know, we live here too, and we know how much snowstorms can be a pain in the butt with commuting and driving. So, you know, we, uh, we kind of deal with it and we move on. So just, you know, like you, you were just saying something about analytics and stuff like that. And you guys often talk about different types of weather models that you guys use. Can you explain a little bit about how they differ? Because I know there's different types. Sure. Sure. So there are weather models that um, look at and forecast uh, weather as we see across the country. You can turn on the Weather Channel and see the graphics of a, you know, a cold front moving across the United States or uh, a warm front. Um, you know, we're, we're always tracking, you know, some storm somewhere in the, in the summertime and you can look out the summer, uh, hurricane tracking and everybody's looking at those types of models. But the models that we're looking at are more um, they look at the various different uh, bodies of air that are moving around the, the globe that are affecting our weather. And you try to put all those these pieces of the puzzle together to try to come up with a forecast that the global models, like the GFS or the European model, can can take all that information, put it into, you know, mix it up, and see what happens. Um, one of the models that we were looking at a lot this year uh, it's called called the AO model, the Arctic Oscillation model. So we were looking at why all the cold air that we were hoping to get was bottled up. Uh, up in the Arctic. Where was it? Why was it being bottled up there? Mm. And there are other models that forecast the movement of other bodies of air that kind of told the same story of, hey, listen, unless we move, you're not moving. And so it was one piece of the puzzle after another that we put together. And so you've got the named models, your GFS, your European, everybody knows the European and the GFS. Okay. Then you've got your North American models, 
Um, then you got your, your mid range models, then you got your short range models, and then you've got, uh, you hear mesoscale models, things of that nature. So there's all these various different models, but they're all pointing at various different pieces of the atmosphere. Um, and so we were looking at like the beginning, if you remember back in the late fall, early winter, we were below average on the, on the cold side of things. And if you looked at the weather down in Australia, it was super hot and they were dealing with wildfires that were just ravaging the entire country. Well, when they finally started getting rain, what happened to us here? We warmed up a little bit and there goes our chances for, you know, a robust winter. The two were actually tied together. Mm. So the weather happening down in Australia was absolutely directly affecting what was going on up here. And so we use all those various different models to see what's going on in other parts of the globe and how they may in turn affect us. Um, what do you think is the most important weather event in the past 20 years on Long Island? Well, I mean, I think everybody's eyes point to uh, to Sandy. You know, I mean, um, the the impact on our, our own, you know, island um, as far as the beaches and people's homes, um, the shortage of gas that we experienced. You know, the after effects were were pretty powerful um, in ways that we may never experience again. Hopefully, not in our lifetime. You know, I mean, if you're talking about most extreme, I would say definitely probably Sandy. I mean, we always have major blizzards. Uh, we have ice storms. We've had a tornado last summer um, that kind of went viral. We had that massive rainstorm. Oh, man, I can't remember how many years ago that was, but it, like, flooded all the highways. Um, and uh, things were shut down. We had, like, 12 inches of rain in, like, in, like an hour or two hours or something. It was crazy. Um, but I think uh, Sandy, from a, a economical standpoint, um, and what has impacted us and taught us a lot about weather and possibilities, you know, I would definitely say Hurricane Sandy for sure. Lower Manhattan was turned into uh, the sea. <laughs> so, yeah, it was yeah. bad. It was really bad. Yeah, okay. replenishing, replenishing beaches, um, you know, uh, the dunes along Ocean Park where are so much higher now. Um, you know, insurance or flood insurance and what people are dealing with. People are still dealing with things, um, you know, and, and home prices, I'm sure, have probably dropped along the water and people's uh, fear of living on the water has probably increased, you know. So it, it, it has long-lasting effects, um, you know, and hopefully we've learned from it and we can be better prepared for next one because there will be eventually. Who knows when? You can also look at the, for boaters, um, boaters out, out, on the eastern side of uh, the long of the, so the uh, Great South Bay, have seen the new inlet, how that was cut, and that has a direct that was directly affect you know caused by uh, Sandy, and it has been a point a uh, focal point for a lot of arguments as to whether or not it's causing additional flooding uh, along the South you know Great South Bay and the, along the shoreline. So you know yes, I, I would also agree that Sandy is probably by and far the longest and for a long time it was gloria and you know everybody that was around here for the 1980s it was gloria now it's sandy if that's what that's in the forefront and we even get questions every single time that you know a storm comes up our way is this like sandy is this like sandy is this? and so yeah that's that's absolutely probably mm. the most important one so sal spoke a little bit about what um we have on our library what kind of weather equipment do you guys have do you have weather equipment at your house that you use or right there we do yeah <laughs> we, uh, we use um something called accu right um we had purchased, uh, two systems for my house and for don's um last year or i think it was last year 
um, which is a, a weather station that sits on top of the house, um, and then it's from um, feeds data back to an indoor station we have, and we can check it on our apps. And Don and I actually have them connected where I can check what's going on in his house, and he can check on uh, what's going on at my house at the same time. Um, but they're good because they definitely give very um, you know local weather what's going on as far as dew points and pressure. Um, wind speeds are, are are okay. We find that with this particular model, for whatever reason, uh, or the type or brand, that they're a little under what we have discussing. 25, 35 are outside. It's really probably showing up as 20 or, or 15 or 20 on the actual um, the app. But we kind of gauge that off of you. It's up lightning strikes. Um, for you know whatever a ten mile radius and so like a little beep that kind of goes off. So um, we definitely use it. We it's more fun for us than anything. I think when it comes to actual forecasting, we really rely more to um, you know current observations of literally looking outside or sometimes checking the National Weather Service page and of course computer models. But um, I think if there's a snowstorm coming and we're looking at dew points, how dry is it? You know that kind of thing. I think we're checking our uh, you know our computer or um, weather models at home. Specifically to you know when we're watching a, uh, a winter storm come through and we're waiting on um, snowfall to start falling, one of the things we're looking at is how damp is the air outside. Will it sustain moisture falling, or will it fall as verga? And you know, one of the easiest tools that anybody can use is go outside. Can you see your breath? If you can see your breath, there's enough moisture in the air that whatever falls out of the sky is probably going to hit the ground. Um, and uh, that's 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 an old school one, you know. Mm -hmm. And you can't throw away the old school, uh, you know. Ways we have all the technology, you know, sitting in my house. My wife loves that one. Um, but uh, having all that stuff is 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 convenient. But you know, we got to you know the, the, our forefathers of, of meteorology, so to speak, you know, had to use a completely different set of tools to forecast the weather. So really quick, what's your go-to um, mobile app? What mobile app do you, do you prefer? Um, for me, uh, I think when it comes to radar, there's an app that's called Radar Scope, um, which I like a lot. You can pay for it as a free version um, that does really good with um, – current warnings that are there the details you get different layers of the radar um it gives you estimates on how much rain is falling or how much snow is falling um if you look at our page that tends to be the app that i actually will or don will save a video of that radar and we'll share it on the page um, that's the radar scope app that i use so i honestly other than that i wouldn't look at anything else so there's no really need to because we just do our own forecasting and we kind of know what's going on but for a radar perspective that's what i use radar scope cool Radar scope uh, and telecast is a, is one. If I'm not on my phone, I'm at my desk at at my uh, at my office. Um, I'll use that. Uh, storm radar is another one. The, the convenient ones are you know the ones that people can look up the five day forecast on their phone. Um, right. Unfortunately, those are all computer model driven, so they will literally change model run to model run. So if you're planning on a bright sunny day on an on a Monday for Saturday, that may change by, you know, <laughs> three o'clock this afternoon. Sure. <laughs> so, you know, I'm sure now that it's getting a little bit warmer, people want to know, what do you think we have in store for this summer? Is it going to be hot? Is it going to be rainy? Like super hot, super dry? So we're moving into a La Nina. Um, 
That's where the computer models are pointing us to. Uh, that's the reason why the National Hurricane Center has come out with, and they've said that, hey, listen, we're going to predict a, a more robust, um, a more robust hurricane season. Um, Glenn, you want to handle temps and stuff like that? Um, yeah. Well, with that, you know, you're going to get your probably a little bit above average temps, uh, especially along the eastern shore. Um, you're going to get more of a southerly flow as opposed to, you know, constant troughs coming out from the north and cooling things down. Um, so I don't, well, I don't know if we're going to have a blazing hot summer. I definitely think we're going to remember it more for actually like having summer, you know, where it's warm and you get to get your 90 degree days. Um, you're going to get your, get your heat waves. Um, but the focus, I mean, when have, when can you remember a summer that has been hot? You know, I mean, summer's hot. It's just how it is. Um, but what will be more interesting to Don and I is the hurricane. You know, what kind of tropical season do we have? Um, and right now, the National Hurricane Center and everybody's predicting for above average hurricanes. And again, you look at historical data and the summer that's coming, that's what you would have. Yeah. But then look what happened this winter. You know, it was supposed to be more snow and then it wasn't. So it's always um, a guessing game. But uh, yeah, so I think a little bit above average temps and. Um, you know, I don't think it's going to be dry. It probably no. won't be dry. I think we'll definitely have our air share thunderstorm, um, you know, but there'll be, there'll be nice beach days for sure. Hopefully once things calm down, we can get out there and go enjoy the yes. beach. <laughs> One of the things yeah. we're going to be looking for right off the bat is something that happened two years ago. Mm -hmm. If you remember, it was insanely humid all summer long here. Uh, we had a Bermuda high. Um, just the high pressures kind of just parked itself over the southeast and it just started pumping, you know, a lot of moisture and a lot of uh, humidity up the uh, up the coast. So if we start seeing that in late May, bust out those ACs and keep them cranking. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sal. Is there anything else you'd like to ask? No, I I think it's great. I I I love that you ha you both have so much passion for something such as meteorology and weather. And, and I mean, the fact that you have so many followers, I think it's uh, a testament to how, how great you are with, with what you do. Thank yeah. you. Thank you very much. Thank well, I find much. it interesting that oftentimes I um, like, you know, the cable weather is so off and with their predictions. And then when I go, well, I, I follow you on Facebook, you guys are almost always more correct, but what's happening down the line than they are so i do appreciate that that you know your accuracy is a little bit better a lot better than, uh, thank you <laughs> but, there's, um, logic to that. There, there's a little bit of logic to that and we, <laughs> we we're out, we're out here on long island we we stick out like a sore thumb into the middle of the atlantic ocean and for half the year it's smack dab into the gulf stream so we're just forecasting on long island and we understand you know what that entails versus like right now, it was in the 70s today in New Jersey. Some parts maybe even maybe even approached 80. We were in the mid-60s at best here. Mm -hmm. But along the beaches, it was at 53, 54 degrees at best. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. So there is a huge difference of forecasting just for Long Island versus yeah. the entire Northeast. And we, and we know it. That's that's that we we're so focused on it here. We understand why things work where they do. I think it's just it plays to our advantage. You know, that we can focus just on the island. So yep. yeah. Well, that's great. So you know, in case um some of the middle country listeners don't know where to find you, do you think you could just briefly tell them where they can get this information from you guys, where they can follow you? 
Yes, sure. So, um, you know, right now our platform is um, Facebook and also Instagram. Um, Instagram, it's kind of hit or miss. Um, we do have a Twitter page also, but really um, Facebook is where our meet of followers are. So if you look up Island Wide Weather on Facebook, mm-hmm. um, like us, follow our page. Um, we post daily every morning at six o'clock um, on the weekends about seven o'clock we do a five-day forecast at night and uh, if any you know any systems coming around any storms we'll post more during the day um, and yeah it's basically it we'll see down the road if we're gonna ever open up an app or um, a website and stuff but you know right now we both have little kids and uh, it's it's a lot to to just get that extra and something that we you know, we volunteer our time to do which we love you know we would never take that away but um it's it's a lot. Um, things you know cost whatever. Uh, opening up an app and open up a website. So for right now, Facebook, and uh, we'll see where it goes down the road. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, we really appreciate you guys taking the time to come on and talk talk with us. Thank you. You're absolutely welcome. Thank you for having us. Thanks so much, and uh, we'll put we'll put your information in our show notes, and uh, our listeners can visit that at mcplpodcast.com. So thanks again for coming down. Thanks again for listening to us, and uh, for Sarah, Don, and Glenn. I'm Sal. We'll see you on the next episode.